Yep. So I think this is a topic that affects all of us. Does it not? Anybody? This doesn't apply? Then you need to check your pulse. <laughs> yeah, but let's, uh, let's just come to God. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to be with us. Oh, Holy Spirit, you who search the hearts and minds of all of us, I pray that you'll be with us today and instruct our hearts so that we would be able to live transformed lives. In Jesus' name, amen. My portion of scripture is from James 1. We'll come to it. Um, how many of you like spy movies, detective? Yeah? Who's done it? The scene opens with this body on the floor. There's blood. There's some you know, fingerprints somewhere. And then you see all these guys come in white suits, totally suited up with little brushes, and they're brushing, and they're lifting off fingerprints, and they're going to figure out who did it, how was it done, when was it done, why was it done, correct? And James does a little bit of a job like that with temptation. He does an anatomy, he, does, he deconstructs it to show us how does it start, why does it start, what happens, uh, etc. So we're going to look at James chapter 1, verses 12 uh, to 21. Can someone read for me, please? Blessed is the one who preserves under trial, because having stood and test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord will, has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away from their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has con conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heaven, heavenly lights, who does not change life-shifting shadows. He, he chooses to give us birth through the word of truth, that we, may, we might be kind of first fruit of all he has created. Listening and doing, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce... Uh, uh, now 20. Because human anger does not produce righteousness that God desire. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept it. The word planted in you, which can save you. Amen. The word planted in you, which can save you. That was the one I wanted. Wonderful. So, you may be wondering, why do I fall into this trap? Why do I get tempted over and over again? Why do I lose my temper? Why can't I control my tongue? Why can't I stop watching what I watch? Why can't I stop the addictions, uh, substance abuse, whatever? What is it? I'm a follower of Christ. I'm supposed to live a victorious life, 
then why does this happen? For this, we need to just backtrack a little bit, something we all know. But it all, you know, this is where we are. We said, I didn't know Jesus. I've turned from my sinful past. I'm a happy person. And then I'm still tempted. And we're going to backtrack and look at where did all this begin. We're familiar with this story. Are we not? Okay. God created Adam and Eve. He put them in a garden. One tree, he put a green tick. One tree, he put a red cross. And he said, this tree you shall not eat. And can you see whatever I put around it? A heart. Heart? We'll come to it. You know? Now, the devil tempted the first couple in this way, and that is to believe that they were not truly free. He says, God has put all these boundaries on you, man. What? Try it. Because he doesn't want you to think like him. Try. You'll also become like God. Actually, that was a lie because they were already image bearers. They were made in his likeness and image. And they fell for this trap. You know, they were looking for freedom and what they got in return was bondage, actually. And this boundary that God put around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was actually a boundary of love. He says, because I love you, I'm telling you, don't eat of this. Don't eat of this. Because knowledge apart from God and even knowledge of evil apart from God is distorted. Why? Because it comes from the father of lies who is the devil and he didn't want them to have that. But God always had a redemption plan right from eternity. It says, from the foundations of the world, the lamb was slain. God sent Jesus to die for you and me. Where man fell into temptation over a tree, our Savior won a victory on a tree. He was crucified on a cross. And he conquered sin, he conquered death. The cross sets us free, therefore, from the penalty and the power of sin. This is why the resurrection is pivotal to our faith. Just as sin had no dominion over Jesus, when he had that victory, sin had no longer has power over us. Then why? You know, and what are we set free from? You see, I've been set free. I don't feel it sometimes. What am I free, set free from? Jesus came to set us free from old sinful habits, the unrenewed mind, the thought patterns, the old identity, and the requirement to live under the law. However, some of us feel that when we are set free, it's like a magic wand. Now I don't need to do anything. I'll just live this automatically live this sinless life. And then when we do sin, we get disillusioned because we've knew we've fallen back into this trap. Now, if this was in PowerPoint, this was animated, so you'd see the guy falling, but I made it a PDF, so it's all flat. How sad. Okay, okay. Um, it's true, when we are born again, our old self was crucified on the cross. Okay? 
There. Buried. R.I.P. Old self. We're free. We've got a new heart. God has made us new creations. Correct? The old has gone, the new has come. New heart. And yet, we find in that heart, so sorry, the DLP is all thingy today. We find we're struggling with sin. There's Jesus and I'm struggling with sin. Why? Because this faith that we have is a living faith, is an active faith. We have to do something. He says, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. These are all verbs, there are action words, things that we have to do. You know, it says, put to death the deeds of the body. They're not going to die automatically. Okay, it says, if you live by the Spirit in Galatians 5, you will reap the fruit of the Spirit. If you live by the flesh, you will reap the fruit of the flesh. And we need to distinguish between temptation and sinful habits. Okay? What are sinful habits? Sinful habits are those things that we repeat. Okay? When we give in to temptation over and over again over the same issue, we form habits, just like you form any other habit. Anything repeated consistently over time becomes a habit, and it's the same with sin. Our behavior, now, this is important, and I've done this before, but it's good to repeat. Our behavior is influenced by what we think and believe. So this is not about behavior modification. I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to try. No, that's not going to help you. Unless you change the way you, what you believe and how you think, you, you will not have victory over your behavior. So let's ask ourselves, what is at the core of our beliefs? Because those beliefs guide your thoughts feelings and actions and those beliefs are back you're probably not even aware of them they're in your subconscious and they start very early in life that is why transformation is with the renewing of the mind and verse 21 says you are saved by the word so let's look where does this temptation come from and James exposes temptation, he deconstructs it. He, say, he shows us, you know, it's like, um, let's, we're going to look at this. How, how many of you watch cricket, football, tennis, and when there's a, a six, or when there's a goal scored, or in tennis when he's, you know, good rally and the guys drop, you know, missed it. What do they do straight after that? Yeah, they clap. And what does the TV show you? Yeah, anything else? Replay. And how do they show you the action replay? Slow motion. So what looks like just this, in slow motion you see the hand coming like this, and you see that guy going Okay? So that's what we're doing now. We are going to slow down what happens between the thought and the action, which seems like it happened just like that, but it didn't. Okay? So, James tells us 
you know, if uh, someone can, you know, he says, the first thing that happens is what you see. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own desires and enticed. Okay, we are dragged away by what we see. And I like the way one preacher put it. He says, we need to see everything through our ears. We need to see everything through our ears. What is he referring to? He says, if what we see, what we take in, is guided by what we believe, which is, if it is based on the word of God, faith comes by hearing the word of God, then we will have the right filter for what we see. We will have the right filter and response to what we see in front of us. And isn't this not true for Adam and Eve? Eve saw, but Eve didn't use the filter of her ears of what did she hear God say. She forgot. She only looked with her eyes and did not, did not process that based on what she knew God had told her. Isn't that true? not true for David, King David? Had he remembered his Torah, had he not remembered the Ten Commandments, then what he saw when he stood on the balcony would not have tempted him. Immediately, he would have said, no, this is wrong. I need to get away from here. I need to go away. But it's when we, we dwell on what we see, the next stage happens. We get deceived. So Satan blurs our vision. And what happens is we start to rationalize our behavior repeatedly. And we give it a reason. And then that rationalization becomes truth to us. Not the truth, it becomes truth. But what is there? Everybody's doing it. You don't know, it's a complicated situation. Who complicated it? Huh? It's complicated. It just happened. Really? Who took the lift? Who went to the house? Who rang the doorbell? Who walked in? Who sat? Who had a drink? Who walked to the bedroom? Did it just happen? Did Bathsheba fly from the swimming pool into David's bedroom? Huh? It didn't just happen. Nothing just happens. And we deceive ourselves. The other thing that we don't realize is what you do see and what you dwell on. You get preoccupied. And that preoccupation leads to you being enticed by your own desires. That's why he says, do not say God is tempting you. Don't say God is tempting you. You're enticed by your <coughs> own desires. It draws you in. It's like when you hold something very close to your eyes, what do you see? You don't see much. You can only see this bit, but actually the picture is this big. And we lose focus. We lose perspective. We lose perspective that life is all of this. 
I'm just focusing on this, but I need this, I want this, I need it. You don't know, you don't understand. Life is complicated. And you don't see, you're not able to see what happens if you give in to that, what your future can be. And then the final thing is you get, you get it leads to, to sin now taking root in your mind. That's why I put, put the seed there germinating. And now sin has con been conceived. And when sin is conceived in our hearts, it's only a matter of time before we act on it and we fall into that trap. And ironically, the very thing that was, you were chasing, the freedom or the pleasure or whatever it is, becomes a bondage. And you become a prisoner of your sin and the consequences of it. You know, sin may not immediately disclose a pattern, but you think about yourself. Think of the things that you repeatedly do that have now become a habit. And you're saying, I can't get out of this. I can't get out of this. So, what can we do? How do we debug this brain? There's a virus that's gone in, and we need to debug it. And the first thing we need to get hold of is our beliefs. What do I believe? That's why we said, B, you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get rid of the old beliefs, old thought patterns, replace them with new ones. Okay, because you, one thing is you, know, you need to change your belief about God. You'll say, oh, no, no, I, I, of course, God is good. But, like I said, if you do the slow motion, what did you think about God when you gave into that temptation? That's what he fell for. He's not good enough. He doesn't want my best. He doesn't know what I'm going through. This is a very unique situation. I couldn't help myself. Where was he when I was? He could have rescued me, you know, from the temptation. And we make God responsible for our actions. So there is some distortion in what we believe about God. And we need to replace that truth, that lie with truth that is found in the Bible. Because in John 8, 31, 32, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Do you really believe that? We got to believe it. You know, you may say, I read my Bible day in and day out and I'm not experiencing freedom. Now, unless that information is translated into action, it's not going to change you. Jesus said that in, in Matthew 7. He said, you are blessed if you do what I say. He says, if you do not do what I say, then you are like that man who built his house upon the sand. So hearing is not enough. The hearing, action must follow hearing. You know, don't try and change your behavior without changing your beliefs because then it'll be temporary and you will get frustrated. Don't try it on your own. And you don't need to try it on your own because we have a gracious God. 
where he said, my power is made perfect in your weakness. When you are weak, then you are strong. You know, we are told, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So change your beliefs and your behavior will automatically change. Okay? That's the first one. Beliefs affect thoughts. Okay? Thoughts just don't come from anywhere. The, it's like this. The beliefs are like a filter. If I had uh, yellow lenses, what would uh, Ryan's jeans look like to me? Yeah. You know? Anything passing through a yellow light. What would blue look like? Green. What would red look like? Hey? Red would look like? Orange. Okay? But, <laughs> okay, color wheel. <laughs> but imagine now if that, if I had a blue filter, what would yellow look like? Now imagine, I have a yellow filter, she has a blue filter, he has a red We all have filters. And that is why two people seeing the same thing don't see the same thing. Interesting? Especially you'll see in an argument. Why? Because two people have different filters. He's seeing green, I'm seeing orange. Because things are passing through this. So that is why we must change what we believe because the beliefs will guide our thoughts. Our thoughts guide our feelings and then the combination of that leads to our behavior or actions. Okay? Um, so if I... It's like this. If I keep thinking angry thoughts, what, is, what are my actions going to be? Angry, upset. So I really need to guard this. Just guard your mind, okay? And guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. Feelings. What the mind is preoccupied with, the feelings will be preoccupied with. Okay? What the mind is preoccupied with, your feelings will be preoccupied with. Feelings can only respond to thoughts. That is the lens. Feelings can only respond to thoughts. Let me give you an example. For example, if I'm walking on the street and I've got my big shopping bag and I'm in a hurry to get home and suddenly someone bumps me, my bag falls, my eggs break, the potatoes roll out and I'm really upset. I think, why people, can't they just look where they're going? And I could be really upset. Till I look around and I see that this person is blind. They really couldn't see where they were going. Now, what do I feel? Compassion. Can you see? Feelings is how have I perceived the situation? What did I think about the situation? Is what I thought about it affected how I felt and then what my, my reaction. Do you get it? Okay. So, 
Sorry. We're going to look at some patterns of thought or patterns of behavior that I think all of us go through. I've done this in a different context, so for some of you, it's repeat, but it's good revision. The roots of this are the idols of the heart. The idols of the heart are how we think, how we what we believe, okay? That controls the way we behave. Let's look at this look good. Oftentimes we give into temptation because it's all about keeping up appearances. So what is the temptation we give in to? The need to look good, <coughs> to appear nice, to appear lovable, <coughs> and all of that. Okay, we start pretending to be someone we are not. Um, because we don't live out of our identity in Christ, we are tempted to do all kinds of things, to look good to people. And so we get into unhealthy comparison, unhealthy competition, and comparison can be upwards or downwards. When I compare myself <coughs> to someone, I can either feel great about myself, oh, I'm not as bad as they are, or I could feel, oh no, I'm so lousy. And both are wrong, my friends. The Bible says, have a sober judgment of yourself. Okay? Have a sober judgment of yourself. We live in a very sensual world, the feel-good. And because of that, we can sometimes make harmful lifestyle choices because everything is about my comfort, my well-being, my wanting to feel good. Now, in the Christian world, this feel-good can take on a very twisted appearance. Okay? Let's ask this question. Where does anger, sadness, jealousy, um, grief, where does this come from? Who's given this to us? Where does it come from? I'm famous for trick questions. All emotions are God-given. It just depends how you use it. Is it not right for you to be angry against injustice? When we heard about the Manipur, the rapes, could you smile about it? You were angry. Hopefully you were. When you lose a loved one, are you happy? You better not. You grieve. You grieve. Yeah? If somebody made eyes at Colin, I would be very jealous. Yeah? God is a jealous God. So don't make eyes at Colin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay? Don't make eyes at him. So all emotions come from God. But in Christendom, we have made this thing of, don't say you're feeling sad. God is with you living a victorious life. Have you heard this? And then what people do is they suppress what's going, really going on in their hearts. And they live in unreality. Isn't that true? Come on, don't, don't make negative confessions. Have you heard this? 
don't make negative confessions. And that's not... See, there's a difference between truth and fact. Fact is, right now, Jessica is unwell. She has a fever. Okay? Truth is, God can heal her. Okay? So we don't deny the fact while we declare the truth. And that... See, God... You cannot be healed of what you don't acknowledge. That is why Jesus asked the blind man, what do you want me to do? Did the blind man understand and perceive his need? Jesus always asked, what do you want me to do? Is it that Jesus couldn't see? Jesus could see. So we need to say, God, at this time, I am struggling. Because if you say, I'm not struggling, God is not going to pull you by the hair and take you out of that mess. Okay? He's given you a choice. And he says, call unto me. Call me. I will answer you. Is it not? Use scripture rightly. Use scripture rightly. So, we need to have a reality check about how we are feeling because otherwise you can't change it. Okay? Because feeling people... And if you give overemphasis to feeling, that is wrong. That becomes an idol. An idol is anything that you over-desire or that takes the place of God. That is why, the, because the need to feel good all the time, people self-medicate, they're on substance abuse, you're, either it's binging, it's gaming, it's porn, you name it. The world is going in that direction, that you must feel good all the time. God has given us a whole gamut of emotions so that we know what is going on. Listen, if I didn't feel, if auntie didn't feel pain, would she have gone to the hospital? Who knows, it could have been a terrible situation. Pain is a good indicator that something is wrong. And all the emotions are there for a reason. We need to learn to manage it. The need to be right, the need to be perfect. Perfectionism drives what I do and how I relate with people. It keeps me from being who I truly am. We need to be right at any cost. So we are unable to take responsibility for our behavior. We find it hard to own up to our mistakes. Now we all have these three elements. Anyone here who doesn't struggle with any of them, check your pulse. I struggle with all three. Okay? There's a temptation sometimes to just want to feel good so I can binge watch something just to take my mind off something that I need to pay attention to. You know, I could, especially with Colin, cannot admit when I'm wrong. Okay, our confessions come on the pulpit. Um, I could, um, what is the first one? Look good, yeah. Want to look good in front of people. And I can do things to people please. And I want to say no, I say yes. And that's happened. So, how do I fix this problem? God's word, God's grace, God's people. God has given us three means of grace. His word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
okay hide the word in your heart know the word of god and know how to apply it appropriately god's grace is sufficient it is my friends he said my grace is sufficient he said no one will be tempted more than they are able to bear titus tells us that now the grace of god that has appeared to all men teaches us to say no to ungodliness and yes to righteousness so when you believe that god is not enough that's a lie replace it with the truth community we are not called to live in isolation or struggle on our own in fact james he says confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed and that healing can be for many things physical mental spiritual emotional we need each other so what we feed our minds on fuels our behavior is it the word or is it the word which one so how do i renew my mind not the rrr let's say rrrr okay recognize repent replace renew like i said first acknowledge your sin recognize what is that area you're struggling with go before god and seek his forgiveness repent say i want to change god replace you can't leave a vacuum so if you were in the habit of doing of eating a lot of junk food you can't say now i'm not going to eat because then the craving is still there and that's where this godly desires change your desire change your appetite change the appetite you know it's like when i gave up sugar 10 years ago in my tea and coffee i didn't say sweets please note <laughs> lest you catch me <laughs> okay i gave up sugar in my tea and coffee full stop okay the first 6 months i seriously i didn't enjoy my tea and coffee it was yuck you know but i said i got i'm going to push through this till when that breakthrough happened i don't know i think it's when i by mistake sipped one of their cups of coffee and i went ah this has got sugar in it and it tasted horrible what 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 needed to be done my appetite my taste needed to change and it's the same with sin sin hey hello sin is very attractive okay let's not get it twisted is sin attractive extremely attractive but we need to change our appetite and it's as you change your appetite suddenly you can't watch that anymore you can't listen to that anymore you can't do that anymore you f- you start feeling yuck so we need to replace and we renew we know that we renew with the word of god we're going to look at two problem areas in life and i'm going to show you the pattern and we'll close there let's take anger okay and we're going through go through the btf uh, a actions or btb btfb okay what are the lies what are the what is the truth the lie could be god is not good 
He has left me to fight my battles on, the, on my own. The thought that, goes, that could go with that is, I need to protect my turf, I need to protect myself, I need to be in control of this situation. The feelings are actually, you're feeling afraid and insecure. And so in an argument, you just lash out because you want to take control of the narrative. And you act out in anger, is the behavior. Now, how do I replace this? The belief that I need to replace is that God is good, He knows everything, He's seen it, and I can trust Him in that situation. The thoughts I need to change is, I don't need to be in control with the fake power of anger. I can exercise self-control and still things can trust God and His sovereignty for things to go well. The feeling is I'm then able to stay calm in a situation and not and handle it peaceably and not just have an outburst of rage or anger. And the behavior is that I don't land up losing my temper. Helpful? Do this. Do this with everything. Now we're going to go a little deeper. Oh. Now you'll say, ah, this doesn't apply to me. Lies. Okay? Applies. <laughs> of course. Belief. The lie is, God is not good enough. He's holding out on me. He doesn't understand my needs. The thought is, I can't help what I'm feeling. I need to be satisfied. The feelings that then accompany with that is I'm feeling frustrated, I'm feeling lonely. The behaviors, you watch porn. How can you replace that? God is good. Remember that heart? That boundary is good for me. He knows what's best for me. Thought. I, can, I need to trust God. He will not allow me to be tempted more than I can bear. He will give me a way out. Lord, you've said, I'm, I'm weak. I'm really feeling weak right now. Can you give me your strength? And the other one is lifeline. Call a friend. Say, I'm struggling. Can you pray? Use the lifeline. Remember God's word? Three things. God's word, God's grace, God's people. Okay? Use that lifeline. The feeling, you start beginning to feel hopeful and confident. Say, yes, I can have victory over this. I can win. I can win. And the behavior is that you don't watch. Amen? Remember, you will never reach perfection. And we go through this cycle of renewal over and over again of repentance and faith. It's a daily process. But one day, when you meet him face to face, you will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. And there will be no more temptation, no more falling, no more sinning. But till then, we have a battle to fight, my brothers and sisters, because we do not, also do not battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, okay? There's a devil who's got his target on our back. And there is our own sinful habits that we need to put to death.
So be blessed in your journey on fighting temptation. And trust me, as you do this, in six months' time, you will begin to see a difference. How do you eat an elephant? One morsel at a time. Okay? One morsel at a time, if you keep eating, you'll, you'll finish it. Every day, atomic steps. One step every day is 365 in the year. And you will have victory. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that we do not battle on our own. That you have put your presence, your Holy Spirit inside us. And I pray that on a daily basis, whether it's a bad boss, it's a colleague, it's a spouse, it's a child, it's your, your own thoughts and self. God, that we will truly be Christians who live that victorious life. That we, and I pray for true community, we would be that lifeline to each other. That we'd be able to call someone and speak with. I pray, God, our hearts, our minds, our community. In Jesus' name, amen.